welcome into the Sports Buffoons Podcast. Yo, let's get it going out there, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of the world. Welcome on in once again back into the Sports Buffoon Studios here out to Lenexa, Kansas. Of course, you guys. Uh, here to my right, we have Tanner Dawson. What's up, everybody? Mike Settle running it. And to my left, we have, well, well, we'll see who we have show up at some point today uh, during this episode to talk some NBA. Maybe, maybe if he shows up during the show, we'll see. Mr. JG, um, we'll, well, he'll be here. He'll be here at some point, you guys. Don't worry about that. Uh, he had to go, you know, he had to be, as, as Larry Johnson said back in the day, I'm caking, partner. I'm, I'm, is that, that I probably didn't say that's just very wide of me I, to say it that way. I don't I'm, think I'm caking, partner. You're caking, partner. Basically, you know, it's talking about how much money he's making. And so that's that's what JG is working on at the moment. So once he gets that straightened out, he'll join us as well. Of course, we have an awesome game to talk about. You guys, we got the heat and the Celtics going on right now. It is my I mean, as far as actual sport itself. I think that this is the best matchup between the two of the of the conferences, personally, because I think these two teams are so close, and that I, th- I think this goes to Game Seven. But by the way, in case you weren't aware, Mike, Miami Heat is, is eight seed facing yeah. the two seed, right? Sure. The Celtics, the Stanley Cup playoffs, the Florida Panthers are an eight seed facing the two seed Carolina. So, like, it's a it's interesting to see how that all happened, how exact same way good point and speaking of that that reminds me um patrick mahomes put out a tweet an hour ago you guys uh talking about advocating for the phoenix uh, nhl team uh to bring them over to kansas city the, the kansas city coyotes how cool kansas would that be city coyotes. He, you know they're, they're, right now it's looking like they're going to be out of of the area so uh at this point if they're up for grabs i mean kansas city i think would love an nhl team i mean we, we oh, love yeah. we love the casey blades we love the mavericks here in town as well in independence um, I think this team would really thrive with an NHL team. I mean, this is a sports town, guys. I agree. I agree. I think it would be great. Uh, we got a comment, by the way. Hi, 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 hi. Facebook user here. What's hey, up? Yo, Thanks Mr. for joining in. Facebook user. Yes, hi. It, it would be awesome to have hockey here. It would be amazing would, to have hockey. I'd love it. And I, Here's the thing. Hockey is one of those sports that I feel like is, is very underrated and in a way that there's not enough eyeballs on it, and if you watch enough of it, you grow to love it. Yes. And if you're not watching it, you don't understand what you're missing out on. And uh, if you're telling me I can have hockey during the NFL offseason, uh, hell yeah. I mean, give me anything I can take to get me through this time period of my life that is always a, a struggle a little bit to get through to the next time we can throw this time period of my life that is always a, a struggle a little bit. My bad. Uh, yeah, that was your bad, Tanner. I was trying to see who the Facebook user was. By the <laughs> way, it was Alexis. So we're we're going to thank uh, you for commenting. Talk a little bit about the Chiefs tonight, as well as some Draymond Green comments and Pat McAfee. We'll talk about him for a minute as well. So gotta, there's some kind of link, by the way. You got to click to allow Facebook mm-hmm. to use your name. Yes. So that'll okay. As of now, you're just Facebook user though. <laughs> so appreciate you commenting. <laughs> yes, but it's a good try, good effort. We'll put it that way. Uh, Tanner, what are you sipping on, man? I got some just some sparkling water, some black cherry. Uh, my wife found this brand a few uh, weeks, months ago, the Waterloo from Sam's, and it's it is probably the best sparkling water pad. And I'm gonna go ahead and crack this real quick. Uh, we got so I've been hanging out in Lawrence a lot lately. Uh, I got the Caw River Roller from Fields and Ivy Brewery. Damn good double IPA. So that'll yeah, be my that second drink. That's an interesting bottle. Oh, it's amazing. Caw River Roller is amazing. <clears throat> and, uh, wow. you know, now that now that uh, we got the show rolling and all that, I mean, it appears we have a, a wild third uh, teammate to come for the Buffoons channel. But, I mean, we'll see. We got we to let them get organized, get themselves cleaned up. Um, whatever they got going on with themselves, we'll let them take care of that but um, anyways uh we'll we'll, we'll, for, we'll worry about that here in a few minutes guys so uh i want to talk about real quick though about the chief schedule obviously it came out last week came out fully last thursday so it's been you know for us we didn't get a chance to talk about it yet we, we haven't, haven't we haven't sat here and yapped about anything about the schedule yet kicking off on thursday night football against the detroit lions in week one and that's going to be a nice little battle without a doubt i mean the lions came on hot towards the end of last season and i think that's a team that's on the rise in a lot of ways, they made some interesting draft uh, choices. But when I look at the schedule top to bottom, I think that the the area of the schedule that stands out the most to me is when they end up facing the Denver Broncos 
essentially two times in two and a half weeks. Correct. Is what happens. They so they, they play the Broncos and then they play, I think, is it the Chargers in the middle of that? Chargers. Uh, Chargers. Yep. And then the Broncos again right after that away in Denver. Um, and the way that schedule's aligned is interesting to me because you know how hard it is to beat the same team like two games back to back. I mean, this is this is essentially the closest you can get to having a back to back type of a situation with a divisional rival. And the, the Broncos have lost to the Chiefs now 15 times in a row. Uh, not you know they haven't won since obviously uh, 2015 against the Chiefs. And so I think that this is a part of the schedule that we're overlooking in some ways. I think some some people might look at it and go, "Well, it's the Broncos. We always beat the Broncos." And I don't think it's really going to be the case necessarily. I mean, not that easily anyway. So. I don't know. What, what are your thoughts about the schedule? What do you like about it? What did you find to be uh, interesting in your opinion? I will say the one thing I try to attend each year is a preseason game and only having one in Arrowhead is uh, our first realization of the minus the fourth game. Because usually you'd have two away, two, two at home. Having the one final one versus the Browns in preseason is interesting to me uh, on that. But I... Uh, I think it's interesting too that our beginning is similar to last year, where it's going to be a bunch of, you know, it's prove it teams essentially. Can you be consistent? But they're going to be tough competition. You know, you get the Lions to open up a team that blasted off last last year. We're going to see exactly where they go from there after their great draft they had. The Jaguars, who played in the playoffs and also the regular season last year, again great battles there. See where Trevor Lawrence is. See where Calvin Ridley goes. Chicago Bears, lots of pressure on Justin Fields. Lots of pressure with the the addition of more. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of pressure there. It's gonna be interesting to see what they do coming home on that one. And then you got the Jets Vikings before you do that Bronco Chargers Bronco, uh, Aaron Rodgers matchup October first. And then you got the Vikings, Justin Jefferson, Kirk Cousins, no Dalvin Cook as he looks like he's gonna be cut. So I don't know. It's just kind of interesting those first set of games before we hit that Bronco Charger Bronco split, and then the uh, Germany game. Uh, it's 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 just going to be a lot of teams that are trying to be proving it and trying to get it all together yet. Yeah, you just don't want to overlook teams like the Jaguars. I mean, this is going to be a really good team coming up. Once again, coached by a really great coach, Doug Peterson, and the Jacksonville Jaguars have a plethora of great receivers now at this point. I mean, yes. let's add into the mix Calvin Ridley if he's coming in with the right head on his shoulders and that team and Trevor Lawrence going into year three. I mean, this this looks like a really really good team to me on paper. Um, so I would just say, like, let's not, you know, totally assume that that's going to be an easily winnable game and it's going to be on the road as well. So it's a noon game, right? Correct. It's it's the one of the two noon games. The other noon game is on Christmas Day against the Raiders. And that is a one off. I mean, that is a that, that game's still it's prime time. I mean, it's yeah going to be on TV. How nationally. crazy is that that you get two noon games essentially through the season, except for possibly the last week? being uh, the Chargers. So well, if I'm being honest, I, I personally enjoy noon games. I love noon games. Um because you know I love going to the stadium kind of early. I love watching the game, making the making a whole day of it basically. And whenever the game's over, I don't feel the need to rush home afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um I feel like I can still hang out for a little bit after the game. Maybe I don't get home till four thirty or five. Um but I, I then I kinda watch the evening games the traffic afterwards. Like, die down you know, and like, you all know all that kind of stuff that comes along yeah. with it. These these late games, these primetime games that don't get over till you know ten thirty or eleven in some cases. Like I mean, you're just like you want to get home. I mean, especially if it's a work night. I mean, that's that's probably the you know, if we're sitting here bitching and crying about how how damn good of a team we have, that's the one gripe I have about <laughs> having a good team is that these damn primetime games are messing up my sleep. Angry man yells at clouds. And so that's what it feels like at this point for me is that, you know, I, I've, I've always liked the noon games, but, um, you know, you know, throw in a three thirty game or three fifteen, I should say those games are awesome too. You know, at least right. you still have some time in the evening, whenever you're done, you might miss the Sunday night football game a little bit, maybe till halftime, but, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm preferring, uh, the noon how's games. Your, but. How's your feeling about the Germany game being at eight thirty in the morning? Uh, you know, that's fine. I obviously won't be there, so it's not like I can, you know, show up to tailgate at <clears throat> four in the morning, three a.m. But um, you know, that's it's fine. It's it's gonna be a thing. That means that means Tanner, you gotta like tone it down a little bit Saturday night and not get so drunk, so that way you can wake up early and enjoy a football. Like game. pace yourself. Well, I mean, maybe not drink the night before, which is crazy for a Saturday for you. So for me, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, you should think take those things into account whenever it comes to football this year about these games in Germany. And and wait a minute, whoa, 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 whoa what do we have over here? 
how do we know that you're not going to be there, Mike? By the way, my name is JG. It's good oh, to be with you. You were all. already introduced. How how do you not know that you're going to be at that Germany game? I thought we were going to do like a fundraiser or some shit where the buffoons go to support the Germans and the Chiefs and shit like that. I don't that. know how I feel hey. about the Germans right now, but um, I mean, we'll, we'll see. If, I mean, we do a lot of traveling within our If, if the viewers out there so. like to donate towards our trip to Germany, just sure. use the sports buffoons at gmail.com for your PayPal donation and put it in their Germany. Yeah, and get the buffoons to Germany and then... Uh, We'll put together some badass oh, videos we'll, for you guys. No, we'll do a big live show there. I, I'm sorry. I must have missed it. I thought we were going to the game for sure. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> I, I do want to talk about that week 11 versus the Eagles. Andy Reid coming off the bye is basically invincible, as we all know. I think that's my favorite thing about the schedule is the fact that we get that Super Bowl rematch with Andy Reid coming off the bye, facing his old team. And I think, you know, that that's going to be... You know that's going to be war, man, and I, that's going to be interesting to watch that game. You go, you go Germany, so eight thirty game, right? Technically, you get a bye, and then you have a Monday night game out of everything too versus the Eagles. How I mean, how much more time do you are you going to give Andy Reid for this? Yeah, I mean, it's, he, it's, he doesn't need any time. Uh, he, really, I mean, but, well, it, actually, the fact is, Tanner, uh, they they've got made calculations now at this point about every schedule in the NFL put together. And I'm sure you've probably heard this, but yep. the Chiefs supposedly have the shortest time between games in the league this year on a game-by-game -game basis. So that is that is apparently the, the fun fact of the of the week for you guys out there. So that means they're really challenging Andy Reid that we can do in a short period of time, Tanner. That's right. Uh, Mr. AC, what's up? He said NFL missed a great storyline with Hill coming back to KC. That they did. That they yeah, did. Yeah. Um. I'm. I'm not sure what their point was with that. I mean, having the Dolphins, Chiefs, and in Frankfurt. Um. I think that obviously and we were all Deutsch looking. Think Park. We were looking forward to seeing Tyree Kill come to Kansas City. Um. Just that way we could give him that you know good old salute we all have. We'll, we'll do a tomahawk chop like this to Mr. Tyreek. Wait That's a second. Did doing. you just call it Douche Bank Park? <laughs> did you really just say that? <laughs> I didn't I was, know we were allowed to was, cuss on this show. I was show. hoping somebody would. The hell was that? We, is it Deutsche Bank or is it first of all? Bank? It's Deutsche. First of all, we need to talk about this later on in the show about the cussing. So, <laughs> um, we gotta, you know, Pat McAfee went to ESPN. We need to talk hey, about now. that and how we all we'll, need to tone it down we'll get a bit. Into it. By the way, I thought they could have threw like a Bills in the KC in, in the Germany game. And kept the Dolphins. Here you, know, that, you know, that's a good point, Tanner, because the Bills and Chiefs play literally every year. Every year. And so you might as well have a neutral site. Yeah. You know? I mean, might, Bills wanted do, that anyways that last way. year, yeah. so. No, yeah. because you don't want DeMar Hamlin having to travel so far because he, he's had a long several well. months. And, you know, you don't want all the travel for a guy what like do you that because he's still in his recovery, damn it. If something went wrong again, what do you think the medical expenses would be for him in a different country like that? Would there be free. a it probably, there, well? It's free. free, but would there be a waiting list? I mean, you have to. How does that go about in a situation like that? Probably be quicker. Quicker? Just, yeah. Well, you know? I don't know, man. Cincinnati did a good job with Demar Hamlin. Yeah, I still, I, th I still think that they treat him. But you have to leave VIP him service. there in Germany if something went wrong while the team flies back. Yeah. So, Got to make sure you get all your shots too. Well, they've made sure of that. Okay, I just want to make sure that they. <laughs> they I want to make sure that they made sure of that. What's What's your favorite game on the schedule? Because you said Philadelphia. That's my favorite game. Favorite game. Schedule. Yeah, for me, I, I I mentioned it a minute ago, but for me, it's probably the Raiders Christmas Day game at noon. I mean, what what better time? You know, think about back to when you were eleven years old, and you know it's Christmas morning or whatever, and you know you're you're in that phase where you still enjoy Christmas morning. But you also love football, and you're realizing your passion for the Chiefs and all that. Yes. And then, so now you get to wake up, enjoy your Christmas directly in the morning, and then at noon get to watch your favorite team play. I want to say, I mean, what better day is that? What was it? Was it Christmas night or Christmas Eve night? The last time we played the Raiders on a holiday, because uh, I went to that game. It was cold as hell, but it was an know. awesome game to go to. Uh, my favorite game is actually that next week, the New Year's Eve Cincinnati Bengals uh, game. Just because it's so late in the season, and as 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 it stands right now, this could be a huge seeding complication game between these two teams. So, uh, I think that's probably my favorite game is New Year's Eve. Okay, I get that. I think we all wanted to see the Bengals a little earlier, maybe, but 
It is what it is. I mean, makes guys, makes it for a great matchup. At the, I would say at the Jets is probably my second favorite because we we want to say we want to see if Aaron Rodgers is going to fall off a cliff or if he's still kind of a, a big shit player in the league. You know, a lot of people think that he was done after last year, but he was still playing at an MVP he, level. He still took him for two consecutive years. And, uh, you know, I mean, yeah, he's he's an older player, but I wouldn't necessarily call him old in terms of quarterback. So that that that's a very intriguing game because the Jets are just fucking loaded, man. By the way, blaming Rodgers for that team last year is, is insane because you just lost your number one weapon, Devontae Adams, to the Raiders, and now you have a bunch of scrubs on your team for the wide receivers, right? And so you're trying to build that up at the same time just trying to keep your team alive. And they kept him alive all the way almost to the end. So I don't think he's washed by any means. No, I mean, he's two years off from an MVP season. He's not done for by any means. And he's got great talent around him. So Even better, I expect yeah. to see a pretty good year from him without a doubt. So what's up, Tufel? Good to see you Tufel. dropping in once again. Bellers. Yo, yo, what it is, man. So what's your favorite um, game on the Chiefs schedule day? place Two time is a fellow Chiefs fan that's correct that's right. let us know man i would i would go with both raiders games as soon as tom brady comes out of retirement those are my two favorite games on the schedule <laughs> oh. when he comes out of retirement dude i mean shit i mean what wait, what more can you want wait, wait till he Jimmy might come Garoppolo in mid-season because grapple is going to get injured that, that's true he will get injured uh yeah coyote we talked about that uh so patrick Mahomes is advocating for the kc coyotes to come to town so uh that'd be awesome okay. yeah that'd be awesome man We're, we all want to bring the nhl to kansas city i think that'd be a blast i think um, it would be a lot of fun yeah so I actually have a team to root for right um so guys switching topics here for a couple minutes while everyone gathers their thoughts over there uh we got the nba playoffs going on still and we're currently in the conference finals while the heat and celtics are currently underway we got to see a pretty interesting matchup last night between the Lakers and Warriors, and I thought it was going to be a blowout. And turns out the Lakers came all the way back, all the way back to where they made it a damn game at the end. Mm -hmm. Yes, they choked it away at the end, but, I mean, it, it, they showed some fight. For a team that we've always thought for a long time now has kind of been down and out and, you know, in some ways over the hill with a bunch of old guys on that roster, um, I think that they're they're finding their groove a little bit, and they've got some fight in them. So um, let's – uh what's two full say before we can dive into this he says you know i look forward to cincy i want to see kc just wipe their asses with dead tiger rugs they are yeah with that's what that's what tanner rugs. said tanner i i agree with tanner i decided for the cincy great game. matchup there yeah it's gonna be awesome um so with this situation jason so i'm so glad you joined us because we needed you for this topic for sure um you didn't need me but well, you wanted me very badly well <laughs> let's just make i didn't want to take you away I, I referred by the way i compared you to larry johnson uh before you showed you, up here grandmama uh, yeah grandma. Ooh, i like that comparison <laughs> yeah. that you is a very good comparison yeah need, need him, no i didn't say that <laughs> anytime i can get compared to grandmama of the nba man i well, take that as a huge compliment. I, I let them know you were too busy you know because larry johnson used a phrase one time he's he's kicking partner Whenever he was, was talking to someone and referring to, you know, it's getting too much money. He doesn't get time for this shit. Yeah, he and doesn't so. have time. And I don't have a lot of time, but I will give you some time for the final four of the NBA. Did you guys know this is the bubble yes. final fours? The exact same four teams? Yep. Not that it's rigged or anything, but you're looking at these Lakers and Denver series. Denver got lucky, man, because... LeBron James, I think he's got like a 90, between a 90 and 95% winning percentage in the playoffs when he goes on the road and wins game one. Yeah. They were almost able to pull it off, but they didn't. But Anthony Davis gave 40 points. And that's the first thing that jumps out at me here because Anthony Davis is a guy that we just don't trust him to show up from game to game. And if Anthony Davis puts up 40 points and you lose to me that's a bad sign and i like the younger guys on this team you know dennis schroeder and russell they did uh, d'angelo russell those two guys didn't really do anything in this game they're going to give you more in the home games but austin reeves gave you a 23 Rui hachimura who i i've got to give some credit here to rob pastinka 
I mean, Rob Palenka. I, I can't remember what his name is. Is it Pastinka or Palenka? I, I've got to give him credit for all of the moves that he made at the trade deadline because mm-hmm. he made this team ready for the fucking playoffs. But in game one, Rui Hachimura gave you 17 points. Uh, LeBron gave you 26. We pretty much know what LeBron is going to give you from game to game. We've talked about this before. He's, he's either going to give you 22 or 26, somewhere in that range. Um, but you look at the other side and Nikola Jokic, 34, 21, and 14. When I, I can't, if I call this a monster line, I, I'm just underestimating. I'm not doing it justice. Nikola Jokic is just a freaking monster, and he's putting this team on his back. Legit. That's exactly what he did in game one. Jamal Murray gave you 31. KCP, who is, I, I kind of look at this as a, a revenge game or a revenge series for KCP because. He was on the Lakers for a while there with LeBron James. And, you know, it's like, I think Denver's going to win this series because this is a revenge series from the bubble. We all know that the Lakers won the championship. You can put an asterisk next to that ring if you want to. I personally won't do it, but there's a lot of people out there smarter than me. A lot of very smart analysts would very happily put an asterisk next to that bubble championship for the Lakers. But, you know, this is a revenge. This is a total revenge for the Denver Nuggets and a guy like Jamal Murray, who's been hampered by injuries the last couple of years. And so we, we forgot how, how great of a player he really is. He's a superstar player. Okay. And he shows up in big moments, but I do believe that Denver is going to win this series not just because it's kind of a revenge factor here, but because they have the best players. They have the best roster. They don't have the best defense, which is something we could talk about a little bit later. The Lakers have been on a rampage defensively, basically since the all-star break. But I think Denver has the advantage in every other facet of the game. Uh, I think in terms of coaching, you look at Darvin Ham versus Mike Malone, that's kind of even there. Like, I'm not going to really give anybody the edge, but I, I give the Lakers the edge on defense. I give Denver the edge in terms of revenge factor and just an overall better roster. And they they just feel like the hungrier team to me. Those guys, when you look at their their posture on the court, they just they look like they're ready. Like they they take every Correct. game seriously. And when you look at the Lakers, man, if if you've got to try to win a road game in this series to me it's it has to happen in game two if they don't get a road win in game two this series is over because that altitude will suck the life out of lebron and ad it's not going to suck the life out of the younger guys but for lebron and ad who are older players they, they've got to win game two what did i talk about on on uh, saturday on in the hoop show talked about what ad had to do 40 points was not what AD had to do. It was a waste. It was he a wasted. waste. It was pointless. That does not help your team as much as you think it does. You let Joker get another triple-double. That's the key right there. You stop Joker from getting these triple-doubles. Don't let him have a stupid line like that. That's how you lose these games because this Nuggets team can play with you uh, shot by shot and outplay you actually shot by shot. They have a little bit more shooters. So you got to stop Joker uh, from getting these big assist numbers. You got to stop Joker from getting these big rebound numbers. You can let him score, but if as long as he's passing and he's getting those second chance points, that's your main objective. Don't anti AD, sure you know score a couple points, get a fifteen, get a twenty, whatever. But these forty point games are pointless for AD. His job should just be fully solely. Stop Joker from these triple doubles. Tanner, I just want to say real quick, because you and I have played plenty of video games in our lifetime. Correct. And um, watching how Nikola Jokic has evolved here in the playoffs and watching him dominate the Suns the way he did and now dominate game one and the way he did, getting 12 rebounds in the first quarter. Coming up to this point, whenever you're their opposing team, I feel like you're, you're going across all these mini bosses. You know, you're, you're <laughs> fighting through these mini bosses to the playoffs, and then you get to this guy named... Nicola, 
And then you find out, no, he is he is the ultimate boss. You know, the, you know, like you're, you're going Auto, through <laughs> all these different levels basically to get to the ultimate boss, and then you end up facing this big ogre looking dude, and like you know, you, you shoot him a thousand times with your gun and he still won't die. And like it feels like that's who Nikola Jokic is when it comes to basketball, is like this just freaking monster that it's like, how do I beat this damn guy? I keep getting killed, I gotta reset my lives every time. And, you know, just it's an unbeatable thing. You like shoot him in the eye with a certain angle and then finally you can kill the guy. And it's, it's kind of like that with this dude. And to me, it's the guy is so damn good. But it's like he's he's if you watch him move, I mean, it doesn't feel like he should be as good as he is. No, he just is like yeah. his style of play is so different from what you see. All these faster, you know, skinnier framed dudes running around in the NBA. He's just kind of this big bodied, thick looking giant defensive end looking dude running down the court it's kind of slow but he makes his shots he's a thug and he's just, a thug did you, you remember what him. he did to marquis morris <laughs> the guy's a thug but i like your analogy there mike because he is a big boss yeah. and it reminds me of one of my favorite rap lyrics of all time by the great rick ross i'm the biggest boss that you've seen thus far and the bottom line to me in this series is if you're denver you want to draw Anthony Davis out to the perimeter and make him guard Jokic because the more that you make him play defense, same thing with LeBron James. It, if you, you don't want them to be able to hide LeBron on defense. You want to make LeBron and AD both work their asses off on defense. That's, that's the simple answer to how you win this series. If they can do that, LeBron and AD are going to be gassed. Mm-hmm. And that, that would happen under normal circumstances, but when you throw in the altitude, it makes an even bigger difference. And so to me, that's the answer. That's why I'm picking Denver to win this series, because I think that I I don't view Mike Malone as like this elite coach, you know, although I will say he's probably going to join the ranks of a Monty Williams and a Mike Budenholzer and guys like that who have already been fired. If he doesn't win this series, dude, He's going to get fired. In fact, I'm going to do on this show the same thing that I did with Doc Rivers on you're Saturday. You're not going to fire him. I fired Doc I Rivers. I know you did, but you're not fired. Before that Mike game, alone. I'm going to fire. I'm firing him. You you remember that he didn't have Jamal Murray the last couple, right? It doesn't matter. That should matter. As you got to take it all into account. If here. Denver loses to this team, Mike Malone, you're fired. Okay? Wow. So I'm going to light a fire under his ass right now. The same way that I lit a fire in a Doc Rivers ass, and that didn't work out too terribly well for him. But he still has a championship under his belt, so he'll get another job. Correct. He's gonna get it. He'll get a good job. I'm not too worried about him. But we are going to fire Mike Malone if if he doesn't win this fucking series. Wow, very nice, very nice, guys. <clears throat> the good news of the series it's going to be dragging on for for at least a couple of weeks, so uh, we'll have plenty to talk about next week as well with them. Uh, as of right now, I don't have the score pulled up in front of me, but it's, uh, it halftime was tight and it's, uh, in the Heat uh, Celtics series. Real quick here, Tufel said, whomever that dude is with the serious unibrow, <clears throat> you got money, dude. Get a razor, please, on the Lakers <clears throat> team. You know, I, I feel like that's like the Strahan he's, thing. He's though. talking about Anthony Davis. Right. But that's how Anthony Davis, it, Anthony Davis was always like that. When right. he was Kentucky Look, and he beat KU in the finals, Anthony Davis, he's very aware of the fact of his oh, unibrow. very aware. Uh, just as Strahan was aware of the gap, but people were going to be pissed if if Strahan fixed the gap. Just as some people out there would be pissed if somebody shaved a unibrow, yeah, which is that's just look. pretty strange. I'm not going to lie. I mean, it's pretty weird, but you know, there's just that's just people that's for you, I guess. Uh, so we got look. Miami 57, Boston 66 here at half. Okay, that's well, Boston's starting to pull away a little so bit. They're it's, they're they're right good. at the point spread right now because it was yeah. minus eight and a half for Boston. I'm feeling. Bo- I know Tanner doesn't want that, but I'm feeling Boston to cover. Come on, baby, come on. You hey. want Boston to cover? Well, Tanner, no, I say Boston will cover. Tanner has a bet going right now. Plus eight and a half. It's plus eight and a half. Which, guys, I can't wait to talk more betting with you guys uh, down the stretch as we get closer, because we have some cool news along the way. Those of you out there listening, um, with a certain company, will be announced sometime. Yes, Soon. very much. Uh, so in this series, guys, I love the series because. I think these teams are very evenly matched. You got two of the best defenses in the entire NBA facing off. And I think that the you got some dogs in this battle right here because you guys you got Jimmy Butler, who's never won a title, right? 
You got Jason Tatum, who's still young, but lost to prove. You got Jalen Brown over there as well. I mean, you got Bam Adebayo. You, you, got, you got a bunch of dudes right now in this Eastern Conference Finals that want to have their names be remembered. And this is like a prime example of, of a situation where you got a bunch of guys kind of in their prime. You know, Jimmy Butler might be getting older, but he's still playing an elite level, so who cares? Yes. Um, you want to see these guys move on to the next round. One of these two teams obviously will, but I'm I'm personally preferring the Celtics. Uh, I think the Celtics just have more firepower when it comes to three-point shooting. I think Marcus Smart is a damn good player. Um, great, you know, just, uh, you know, he's obviously he's, he's not as good as what Tatum or Brown can do necessarily, but I like what he provides to the team. And I think it's a unique asset to have a guy that can hit threes the way he can sometimes, as well as play defense the way he can. Um, and on the, on the heat side of things, I think you just got a guy that just has the undeniable will to never give up and show up in big moments. And that's Jimmy Butler, of course. So, um, yeah, I want to know your thoughts on this series, Jason. And uh, where do we what do we think about this? And who do you think is going to be the winner? Well, I did have Miami certainly to cover that eight and a half tonight. Um, it is their third Eastern Conference Finals in the last five years. And to me, a lot of this is going to have to do with Joe Missoula versus Eric Spolstra. And Eric Spolstra is an elite coach. And it's very easy to go back and say, well, he had the big three. He had the Heatles back then and LeBron and D-Way and Chris Bosh. But Eric Spolstra is an elite coach, and he's proven that. Because third time in the last five years, Eastern Conference Finals, I do believe that Miami needs to steal a game on the road. I don't know if it's going to be game one or game two. That must happen for them to win. Boston, I agree with you, Mike. They have the most horses. They should win this series on paper, but I'm going to take the Miami Heat. And the reason I like the Heat in this series is because of their defense. Uh, Bam Adebayo is 20 and 9, 20 points, 9 rebounds, average in the regular season. But Bam can also defend the perimeter and he can also protect the rim. So he can guard inside, outside. Miami actually leads the playoffs with 20 points per game off of turnovers. And that's because they have seven and a half steals per game. And so Tatum was absolutely out of his mind in that last game against the Sixers in game seven. I think he's due for a little bit of a regression there. And we, we've already seen it in this first game. I think he's only got, what, Tanner, like, 19 points, I think, in the first half. <laughs> I, I bet but, if you want to call it a regression, that, I mean, that's, that's fine. That's <laughs> it may time. not happen now. Okay, well, so he's got 18 points at halftime. But you're, I mean, you're not going to hit 50 every game. It may not happen in this game, but I think he's due for a little bit of a regression there. He always has and one game, though. Like, I just, I'm, I'm all about Jimmy Butler, man. Like, you, you're you're the Jimmy Butler guy. So you you should be the one trying to explain to me why. Tanner had a whole show about Jimmy Butler one time. Jimmy Butler is my man. Dude. You sat there and jacked off to Jimmy Butler. You, <laughs> you tell me. I mean, I, I can throw stats at you all day long. You tell me why the Heat are going to win this fucking series because I think it's very possible. I don't think it's probable, but that these teams are evenly matched. I talked to – I was on – Ted, let's talk. Let's talk sports with Ted or something like that on Tuesday, and we talked about this match. Um, and I, I actually don't have the Heat winning. I have Jimmy Butler forcing it into Game Six, Game Seven, taking it all the way. I see Game Seven without a doubt. Uh, but I, I have the Celtics, and it's the same reason I've told you, Jason, on our in the Hoop Show of the Celtics every time they come down to the wire. It's because of the moves they made in the offseason. This is the whole reason why they're trying to get back there to win it. Your Brogdon move, your White move, uh, you know, having Tatum and Brown now all of a sudden seem like they're truly healthy. Brown especially, right? Robert Williams is playing great. Al Horvath's playing great. It's the moves that were made in the offseason to make this team better, and it was done. It, it was done to to for this moment here. I think the Celtics win this series again in a close one, and I, I think they're going to go in the finals tired. But I mean, this is why you made the moves. And I, I think they're, you're going to see the Heat start slowly falling apart on the depth-wise. Jimmy's still going to throw up 25, 30, 35 all, all series long. But I think you're going to start seeing the issues arise without having your guy Tyler Hero uh, there to save you in his hot shooting, shoot uh, three-point shooting. So, uh, look, I think Jimmy's going to take it to it every last little bit to the last second. Uh, but I think the Celtics just have too much 
that they've done this off season to uh, to just lose to the Heat here. Very nice, very nice. Well, I can't wait to watch this one unfold. We'll see. Maybe uh, as the show goes on, we still got another few minutes, of course, to go and how things are unraveling there. But I, I feel like the Celtics could pull away here. Uh, still at the same time, I hope for your sake, you're a bet, Tanner. Just you can nail one give here. Give me eight and a half, baby. I, I've been pretty happy with my bets lately. Um, and we're, we're getting better at our betting, I would say, over time. So. You're going to lose. Just lose by eight, right? We're, That's all we want. Right, exactly. That's we're making a lot of money on betting. Well, we, we we have and we do sometimes, but uh, you know it's, it's time for us pretty soon to dive into our expertise and really know what the hell we're talking really about. Into it. So we'll, we'll, we'll tell you guys a little bit more information on that later on. But um, the next thing I want to talk about for a few minutes here, and I know you probably have a lot to say about this, Jason, but it is the fact that Draymond Green, we talked about this on the show. I brought it up, didn't for I? For a couple of weeks, actually. We talked a couple of different weeks it was even brought up. Draymond Green and Steve Kerr, by yep. the way, coach of the Warriors, admit that the punch there in uh, with the uh, between Jordan Poole and Draymond Green in the was it the preseason, Tanner? That was the preseason. The preseason actually hindered the entire season and the ending of the season as well. Draymond Green said himself that he feels like if that never had happened, they'd actually had adva- would have advanced in the playoffs instead of taking a loss. Um, and it basically, here, here's some quotes. Uh, there's no hiding from it. The incident with Draymond Green and Jordan Poole at the beginning of the year played a role in that and them and them not being a championship team. It's hard for that not to impact a team when something like that happens. Um, and basically, anytime tr- some trust is lost, then it makes the process much more difficult and there was some trust lost. That's as blunt as I can be. We have to get back to what has made us really successful, which is a really trusting environment and a group that relies on one another and makes each other better. Um, I'm personally surprised that this is something that lingered as long as it did. Yeah. Um, I, I figured, you know, I, I made the comments back a couple of weeks ago about the whole situation and thought like, hey, when it comes to playing the court, like, you know, we're all adult men here, right? We're going to put that aside for, you know, three hours while we go out there and play. Apparently, I was wrong. And one of the things Dre, uh, Jordan Poole actually said was, I mean, we made it to the second round of the playoffs. We had a good season. Guys stepped up and had a lot of exciting moments. I don't think there was anything that was changing any of that. I mean, it's kind of an irrelevant comment to me. But I think that Jordan Poole himself, and you might agree with this, had somewhat of a down year compared to what the expectations were. I think Draymond Green, the chemistry was off. He's right. I mean, he admitted to his fault. And that, and, it, and I think I'm hoping that going forward in the next year that we can all look at the situation and be like, wow. So some of these things that do happen in house, did you guys told truly me didn't affect? Well, that's what all. I believe. Some of these things that happen in house maybe do have more of an effect on the longevity of a team as the season goes on more than I realized. Because to me, maybe I'm acting like I'm above it, but to me, I feel like if you have a situation, especially in the preseason, you can fight it out, dog it out. You might not like the guy that you're playing with, whatever, then whenever it comes time to get on the court, get on the field, whatever it may be, you put it aside and you don't let that affect yourself, affect your trust as teammates. And apparently they did. And, you know, I was probably wrong about that. But uh, I want to hear you guys' thoughts on this situation. Yes, you guys know I'm a big Warriors fan. I'm a Warriors fan second. I'm a Spurs fan till I die since I was a young kid. Always follow the Spurs. But you're talking about the same coaching tree here. So Steve Kerr played under Popovich, and that's why I like to follow both of these teams. But when you look at that punch that happened in the preseason when Draymond Green decked Jordan Poole, guys, that's not the reason why they didn't win another championship. That is a symptom. That is not the disease. The the disease is something that I remember Coach Greg Popovich saying a long time ago, and that is it's easy to have success after a failure. It's very, very difficult to have success after success. And what that means is when you win a championship, guys get cocky. Guys think that they're on top of the world. They, in fact, they don't think that. They know it because they are on top of the world. Um, it's even more difficult in the national football league, but it's equally difficult in uh, the NBA. And so the, when, when Draymond green punched him in the, in the face or what have you, that, that was just a symptom. That's not the reason why they couldn't go deep into the playoffs this year. Um, They got cocky. 
and nobody really knows. And in fact, the Warriors were pissed off that that actually got out into the open. But I'm sure there was a certain amount of cockiness on both ends of that blow. I'm sure that Draymond Green was a little bit cocky. Jordan Poole, the whole team got a little bit cocky coming off of that championship. And that's what makes it so difficult to win back to back. And, that, you know, we haven't seen that in a while. But, uh, you know, in terms of Jordan Poole, I mean, you, you got to look at you got to look at Andrew Wiggins. They they didn't have Andrew Wiggins. Now that was those were personal issues, Correct. and he I think he he had like a family member that was going through some stuff or what have you, but that was a big deal. Andrew Wiggins was one of the best players in the finals last year, and he was also an All Star last year, and so you have a lot of different things going on. It's very difficult. You can't just point to one thing and say that. Oh my gosh, Draymond punched Jordan Poole in the face in the preseason. That's why they lost. You can't do that. It's like there, there's too no. many, too many factors going on. But I, I do think that that little the brawl or whatever you want to call it, when he punched him in the preseason, that was more of a symptom. That was not the root cause. But again, very difficult to win back to back. You guys all know that. Uh LeBron James has only done it once in his career. And that was with three other Hall of Famers on his team. So it, it's literally almost impossible to go back to back. And I think, you know, there's a little bit of cockiness all around. But, I mean, the, the bottom line is just like the Warriors, it was not their year. And we, we got to keep it as simple as that. It was not their year to repeat. And Draymond, I mean, maybe they'll, may, they, they could move on from him. They could move on from Clay. I highly doubt that they will move on from Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole is the future. He's only 24 fucking years old, okay? So all of these people out there that think, oh, we got to trade Wiggins, we got to trade Poole, that's not going to fucking happen. I'm going to tell you that right now because Steph is going to retire in like two or three years. Steph is going to be declining in one to two years. Clay might already be declining. Draymond might already be declining. They're not going to trade these young fuckers you know, just to try to, and I, you know, I've heard thoughts out there about, oh, you got to bring back KD. Yeah, you seriously think they're going to bring out, bring back another old fucker and have a KD. bunch of old fucks on this team? That's not going to happen, dude. It's all about the future. And so it's just, just because they didn't win the whole thing this year, like people just need to back the fuck off and, you know, just, you got to look at the big picture and they, they will be a strong team next year, but, they're not going to be strong because they get rid of all of their young players. That's not going to happen. They're going to keep the younger guys. And if anybody gets dealt, it's going to be these older guys that, you know, like clay who might still have some value there. Yeah. But you're saying that this punch was part of the reason at some point or nothing. It's a part of it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's a part of it. That's how I believe too. So it's actually on greens. Uh, we're, we're waiting on green green has control. Green has the player option for this upcoming season. 26, 27.6 million player option. He declined to yeah, become as much as I can't stand him. I'll take him on the suns right now. Cause we need some damn bodies. <laughs> well, so you, you know what I said about the punch? Like I said, it was a symptom. It's yeah. not the root cause. It's not the disease. Maybe Draymond green. He might be the disease. Well, I talked they to want to get rid said of about that as well. Uh, he's a big warriors fan. And I was like, Hey, you know, we, cause we talked about this too on a Saturday show, you know, Hey, is, is a guy like Draymond, <clears throat> you know, not worth the, the headaches, you know, he's, he has the history. He causes you suspensions. Like he's, he's not there sometimes because of his suspensions, uh, you know, and he's causing issues in the locker room. Is he not worth it? But again, I didn't know that he had a player option until now to the article that Mike was referencing here. Uh, and they're also talking about the, the president of basketball operations could is thinking about his future. Kaminga's in the air. Clay Thompson's in the air. And they're even saying Steve Kerr's thinking about it. So, like, this is a this could be a big deal after this big uh, loss in the playoff here for this goal. Well, they got something to figure out. Obviously, I mean, this is a team that's still championship worthy, but their window's closing. Oh, it's, in my it's, opinion, it's starting to get tighter. Um, I'll put it that way. So, I mean, to me, it's like you you either got to make the move this year or not make any move at all and just say see what the fuck happens going forward. Um, I I think personally for the Warriors' sake, and they've had an awesome run, guys. I mean, this has been a damn good team for quite a long time now. At this point. I think that it's time to 
make a make a move, make a change for the betterment of the chemistry of the roster. And that means a little bit of out with the old and, you know, retaining think- retaining your youth of with Jordan Poole. And, you know, what you're hoping is somebody that can stick around with Steph for another couple of years at least. I think you got to um, keep Steph. You got to keep Wiggins. Um, you probably got to keep Pool at this point, and then, and then figure, you hope you hope Green to, Green declines his option and figure something out and get rid of Clay. And but why get rid of Clay? That's my that's my only thing I have a problem with is getting rid of. He Clay. had one good getting, game. Getting rid of Clay doesn't make sense to me yet. One good game in the in the Lakers. He can series. still jack up threes, dude. He's yeah, good at okay. it. Okay, give me every five games a jack up three. Then. Well, yeah, I mean he he's had some issues, obviously, but. I mean, I think he's, he's, he's a specialty player. You know, I would love to have him on on pretty much. I mean, anybody I, would I, love I think, to have I him think on if the you roster. look at it and try to reshape this score, Clay and Draymond have to be your, your cuts. They're okay. on the older side, and you, you just got to hope for it. All yeah, right. the, the only way I, – I just don't see Steve Kerr moving on at either. all. He's just too young. I mean, the only thing that would make him move on is the fact that you know, the organization fucked up in that 2020 draft. They took James Weissman with that second overall pick when they could have had Tyrese Halliburton. But Weissman was the, like, number two. Like, that was your that was who anybody was going to pick at that spot. That's fine. If not number but, one. But you could have had Tyrese Halliburton. You could have had LaMelo La Ball. Who was number one? Number one was the Ant-Man. Okay. Yeah, you would have had. So that's fine. He but, was going to be mean, number two regardless. It, it was just, but you could have had Tyrese Maxey, okay? Do we all agree that Tyrese Maxey is three times the player, four times the player of James Wiseman? He wasn't that hot going into the draft. You got to think well, about at the I, draft situation. If you're it is, picking the best but, player, but the bottom line player. is you fucked up the draft, though. You didn't, though. Why did they trade him away? They traded well, away they trade Wiseman. Away. So they traded away they, after, I forgot. When I you trade him away, you're admitting they, that you fucked you up the draft. Apparently, at all. So, so I mean that that's it was just the like right pick. That's just like, right dude. Pick. That that's no different than taking Michael Jordan third overall in Michael Jordan's draft. So, I mean, they they fucked it up. But Steve Courage is too young, man. Like he's and not he's, he's not, not going to hang it up. He can't. No way. I think no it's way. all bullshit. But that your your thing with Clay Thompson, like to, for me, that can go either way. But the Draymond thing to me is more important. You got to hope he declines. Draymond Green. His three-point percentage has gone way down, and he doesn't have as much value on the offensive side of the floor, except for the fact that he's a great facilitator. Well, I, I could find great facilitators all around that we can bring in, but but Draymond is 33 years old. I think Clay, Clay is a guy that he's kind of on the edge. You could keep him around, but Draymond, is to me, is the guy that you should probably think about you, getting rid of. You got to hope he declines, essentially, yeah. yeah. All right, very, very nice. Uh, guys, I got one more topic for you guys today, and that is about the news of Pat McAfee. Uh, sounds like he's leaving FanDuel. He did sign a contract with them two years ago. It was a four-year deal for $120 million, and he is going over to ESPN. He's walking His away. show, the Pat McAfee show, is going to ESPN, you guys, which is going to still continue to be the full-fledged Pat McAfee show, apparently, supposedly. At least that's what they're telling him. Um, I don't know the the numbers by any means of, of what he signed yet at this point. Multi-million um, dollar well, blockbuster. I, I, I'm sure it's more than what he was, what he was getting offered from FanDuel, <laughs> yeah. so we can assume it's at least double that. Um, now, now thinking about the way we know ESPN by the way, and the way that they work, have their inner workings, I just want to ask a question to you guys. I mean, do you think that Pat McAfee going to ESPN was a good deal for him and for the sake of his show, or are these – little pricks going to have their hands all over the show trying to change things because here's the problem. They want him for the name rights. That's the whole point of VSPN wanting him on the show, but are they going to be the type of idiots? They're going to bring him in and try to restructure the show because here's the thing. Pat McAfee show is well known for saying whatever the fuck they want, doing whatever the fuck they want on air. And they go out there. He says his true beliefs about everything, everything that won't get him sued, you know, by like Brett Favre. (laughs) You know, stuff like that. So he goes out there, says whatever the hell he wants, anytime he wants. ESPN is going to reel some of that back in. I don't care what anyone's saying right now. I don't care if they're saying, "Oh, he can still be himself." I don't believe it. I think it's, I think it's a bad deal. I think it's bad news for the sake of keeping his show the way he wants it to be. 
Yes, the money is going to be awesome. I mean, Pat McAfee is an entertainer. He works for WWE, for God's sakes. I mean, the guy the guy is a do-it-all um, type of a dude where he's just constantly known for putting out great production. Um, we could all wish to be him, right? Um, I think the ESPN, though, that could be the beginning of your demise in a lot of ways. You go with the wrong structure and the, the wrong crew and them trying to start to hear just mold you a little bit more this way and this way start doing things more this way or that way or you know over time it becomes this old old famous phrase we used to talk about jason called poison dripping and that's going to be what espn does to pat mcafee they're going to slowly eat away at him you know week by week show by show and mold him and all of a sudden all of a sudden the guy is just another guy just another guy no longer is the show special, entertaining. No longer does Aaron Rodgers want to go say hi to him anymore on the damn show because he doesn't trust ESPN. You know, right now he can do whatever the hell he wants with anybody he wants. Is this something we should we should you know be be cautious of if you're Pat McAfee? Because to me, I think it's a bad news deal. I think that Pat McAfee should stay independent the way he has been. FanDuel doesn't change a damn thing about the way he runs his business. So to me. Uh, ESPN is going to be his slow demise. I, I think it's a good deal for Pat McAfee because, I mean, he's going to get some money out of the deal, right? So Eight figures per when, year. You know, possibly. when you get your fucking money. More than eight figures per year. So, he's, know, a, so he's a sellout, Tanner. If, he's a but, sellout. But I'm not, no, I'm not going I, there. I think, I think he's going to get fired eventually. He's going to get fired. What? But he What? Because I don't think he's going to kowtow to what these fuckers want which is to try to mute him and try to just calm his ass down. I I don't think he's going to do that. He might do that for a little while, but he's going to only do it long enough until he gets a certain amount of money. And then he's not going to give a shit. And I I think it's a good deal for McAfee, but I also think it can be a good deal for ESPN if they would pull their head out of their ass and just kind of let this guy go a little bit, because it'd be great for their show, their product. Because ESPN, dude, man, they're eventually they're gonna die, man. If they if they keep trying to just like control everybody and control the content and all this and not let people say what they really want to say, they're gonna die. And so I think this is a great opportunity for ESPN to just let the let this guy let it let it loose, man. Let it loose. And I don't know if they'll do that, but it, at least they have that opportunity. Uh, but I think ultimately they, they'll fire. I mean, ESPN is going to do what ESPN does. They're they're going to fire his ass. But it could be one one year, two years, three years. But it's a great it's a great deal for Pat McAfee because he's going to get his he's going to get his fucking money at least in the short term. Yeah, I mean, I mean, honestly, you guys, you know, knowing the way we are and the way we think about things, like if ESPN came to us and wanted us to have a 15 minute segment, well, we had to sell our souls to do it. But we were going to be getting paid shitloads of money. I mean, it'd be a, it'd be a little less than what we currently make now. But you would do it. You know, we would do it. <laughs> you would do it. No, but here's the thing: you would do it for one to two years, and then at, once you got your money, you would tell them to fuck off and just, just start stay, saying whatever the you you know you would take ESPN down in flames. That's exactly well, think, what. You think would. about guys like Shannon Sharp and all them and Bayless, who literally like they they had the shit running over there, right? I mean, but, that, it, but that's not ESPN, though. That's a different but, ball game. But, but so hold on, were these people not a part of ESPN at one point? Skip was. Skip was. So they, the whole Skip they Bayless probably show fired him. We this, don't know. The, what I'm, I'm saying is, Skip Bayless had that show long before Shannon Sharp came along. They just happened to be a great duo. But I, I I'm saying he's now on his own. Skip Bayless Skip, has been more off the rails since he's got to leave Skip, ESPN than ever before. Skip and Stephen A were the founders. Sure, but that's the whole sure. point. ESPN needs a guy that can be uh, off the rails. Like that's oh, what's they going that. to I know help. I agree with that. It's going to help their ratings. And if they try to shut but it down, I mean like they're that... so corporate though. They're so corporate. They're tight little buttholes and they don't want to have anything go through it. And that's going to be the issue ESPN comes with Pat McAfee is that, that hey. it's, it's just for them. It's going to be butting heads because Pat McAfee is one of those guys that says, you know, fuck the authority. Meanwhile, ESPN is going to be respect my authority, you know? So you're in both of these things that it's just, it's, it might work out in the short term, but the long term, Unless ESPN wants to change, it's going to be bad news. It's not going to work out. You know what? If if ESPN has tight buttholes, then let them have tight buttholes. You know, because that they, they're they might eventually fail, man. They they're going to fail eventually. I I personally, I'd rather watch FS1 any day of the week. But no, that's I agree. Just me, 
no, I agree with that. I would too. I don't, in fact, I don't watch ESPN at all myself. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I watch, I do occasionally watch Skip and, and, and Shannon, but that's not ESPN. Like, I can't think of a single ESPN show that I watch anymore. The only guy I like watching the highlights from is JJ Reddick. So, because JJ yeah. tells it as the, it the bottom line is, I think Pat McAfee, he could probably control himself for a year or two and then, then right. they're going to fire him. All right, guys, I'll let you guys go for a minute. So, let's talk, let's listen to Pat. He made some announcements on today's show, beginning of today's show. So, we'll listen to the first one. A wild day in our lives. Obviously, a massive announcement after, was made. This is after a lot of the people bumped. A lot of people bumped. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of people not pumped. I just would like to say from the bottom of my heart, I appreciate everybody's like passion and appreciation for this program. I would also like a little bit of faith. Huh? Just, just a, a little. 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 Huh? Think about it. Huh? <laughs> kind of look at like uh, everything that I've been a part of pretty much. Like everything. Mm-hmm. A little bit different probably than what other people have been a part of. No offense to anybody else, but the way my conversations normally go with people, a little bit different than how they normally go. And that that conversation with the powers of B at ESPN right now and at Disney all had the same exact lineup. It's, hey, we are aligned. And I think the reason why I'm so excited for it is because sports media has really been like one particular thing for a very long time. And I know there's people that do different things other than debate, but the debate era certainly became a thing in sports media and debates naturally lead to division and nitpicking and tearing people down because that is what debates do. So I think a lot of sports media was trying to mimic what Stephen A. Smith and Skip Bayless created whenever it was morning pizza, cold pizza. Okay. Yeah. What in the the morning, normally it's cold in the morning. Well, because you order it at night. Pizza place is not normally open in the morning. So the morning cold pizza, Mm -hmm. and then it became first take, and it was Stephen A. and Skip, and they were debating, and it was captivating because you're talking about two of the greatest debaters maybe in the history of all media, not just sports. Those two going at it was must-see television. So anything is a monkey-see, monkey-do business. They start trying to mimic that, and that's become sports media pretty much. And as somebody that was on a team, that got a chance to see a lot of players who get ridiculed in the media and the reaction of it. I always assume, like, hey, can we not be a little bit more positive? I think a lot of people thought that way. Mm-hmm. Because whenever you naturally get into debates, there is some putting people over. But normally it's this person's better than that person because I'm going to tear that person down. So it's a little bit of a negative kind of vibe whenever you're talking about sports media. And real conversations have to happen. So we always wanted to celebrate sport. And in doing so, we might say some words sure, that sure. adults say and the internet says, and what? I think in the future it's going to be much more accepted because words don't really, nah. you know. They're just spells. A little different. They don't cast yeah. spells. Yeah, but it's just, it's a little bit, but I feel like we have always like celebrated sport, celebrated greatness. We try to utilize sport as a unifier. We have people in our demos, and I've had to go through all my stats and analytics for all these conversations I've had with people. We got people from this side of the spectrum politically all the way to this side of the spectrum politically, mm-hmm. and also Touching the wall. Yeah. Yeah. The the what we all know. The fringes yeah. of yeah. We right. know far outside. Those on ones out sides. there. Because we all have the same kind of love for sport. But that was his first announcement. Obviously it keeps going. So I wanna look back here and I wanna talk about why real quick. Why is Pat making a move? Why is Pat seeking for a network or somebody else to take over the channel? Right? And the thing he announced a couple months ago when he was doing the search was like, hey. I've got too much on my plate right now. I, I don't want to do this. I don't want to deal with all the ownership. I don't want to deal with the, the everything that has to do with running the business, everything like that, having to deal with all the legal stuff going on. Uh, and then he had a baby on the way, which he had a couple of weeks ago, two weeks early, right? So now he has a kid. He has WWE. He has, he'll be back on college game day with ESPN. Uh, and then he's got his show. He does, right? So this guy's already a busy guy. Now he has a kid on top of this. Like it's insane. So this is a guy that's looking to get something out of it, but yet keep his channel the same. I'd say let's let's give it a shot. Let's see what happens. I mean, he if you if you missed his Kirk Herb Street uh, segment today, it was his first guest today. It was hilarious. Kirk asked him because uh, I guess he had to go do a presentation or a show, and there's a bunch of suits out there from different companies and everything. I guess there was a teleprompter there. And he was like, I'm not following the teleprompter because it's Pat McAfee, right? And so, like, he was talking, just talking as Pat does, and he didn't realize that the, the teleprompter was, like, a big no. 
kind of like you have to follow it because he decided it was like whatever and so like they threw up an x on the teleprompter and they said wrap it up on the teleprompter uh to him because he was just going off and that and kirk's like yeah that's just something that you're gonna do if they try to throw something at your way so i don't i don't think you're gonna stop seeing pat being pat on, on this thing but again let's see how time goes uh once this thing starts i will say in one one way espn has won this because you're gonna have people like I just said, I said a few minutes ago how you know I don't watch ESPN hardly anymore. I, I watch my specialty sports. I watch Fox Sports. I do. Um, but I mean, for the most part, I don't spend a lot of time watching ESPN. Um, but now, because the Pat McAfee show is gonna be on ESPN, I will be tuning into ESPN. It'll still be on YouTube. You're, will it be still be on YouTube? Okay. ESPN Plus and then ESPN. But it's it's going to also blend some different mindsets because people who watch the Pat McAfee show on YouTube are not the same people that watch ESPN. Correct. Those are different types he, of people. He already stated that there's some people ready to to start calling in and complain. Like he's sure. ready well, well, what I did say before we began that that segment, Tanner, I, I said it, he's a sellout. Then you know he's not a sellout. Well, well I'm not. He's, I'm not saying he is, but. You know, you're saying that he just he, went he might be money. a sellout then in that case. But he went also to help with his if, with his lifestyle. If he if he is okay. selling, his, you got to think his about persona, it more than just money. He's selling his persona to then change that persona for the sake of molding the ESPN and what they want him to be. Not, then that makes him a sellout. If he if he molds the ESPN in Disney, well, he's, well, he's going to do it to a certain extent. I mean, do do we really think that he's going to still wear that wife beater? Is he going to? Yeah, wear a damn I do. Suit? I think he's going to be wearing a suit. I doubt he wears a suit. Uh, that, you don't see, think that would ruin everything. That would no, not he, be He right. would lose all the fan base he's created to this point, doing the shit he's been doing in the last five, six years. That would, would be, would be gone. How about, be just, gone. How, about, how about just a little blazer with no tie? Oh, not dude. wearing a tie, but let's just throw a no, blazer dude. on. He's not going to wear anything like. like that. Look, how about I, a blazer and shorts? I don't, I don't, I, these guys are so hard headed. We already know McAfee's already hard headed because he says shit on game day. The ESPN game day already last year that he shouldn't be saying like he's cussing. On, he cussed on air a few times. Dropped That's good. Bottom. That's good. That's what I'm saying. This is a Pat thing. I don't see Pat changing for a company. He, I see him actually looking maybe less tired on air because he doesn't have to deal with all that overhead shit anymore. It's, dude. It's like I said, it's good for ESPN as long as they don't fire I, him and just let him ride. Let it yes. ride, man. I think it's, I agree with that. Let it ride. I think it's a great move for McAfee. Well, because he also stated if, if today, nothing else, ESPN won this <clears throat> as long as they can put their ego aside. Well, they also state he also stated today, like, hey, this is something that we've been trying to do is change the way the sports world is given to people. And that's something mm -hmm. he's done with his YouTube. Now he's gonna be able to reach but, even more people across the, the world. But, so. but, okay, but real quick, something else I alluded to real quick was about Aaron Rodgers. I mean, we all know how good of a friendship they have and the trust, and Rodgers doesn't trust random people, especially ESPN. Does this change things? Nope. He already talked to Rogers. He announced that today as well. Right. Rogers will be back on Tuesdays. You'll still see Coach it's, on there. Rogers will still be on there. Rogers still be on there. Mm -hmm. You'll still see uh, Ian on there. Rappaport, uh, even though they don't, where he doesn't work for ESPN. So, like his guest list isn't changing. He said. He said it's not changing. It was a deal that oh. they made with he made with Disney and ESPN. Maybe I've just like been burned in the past with like, you know, I got a lot of metal bands that I like and different rock bands even. And they went and they, they get a new new producer and that new producer wants to like change their whole structure of the way they sound. And they put out a new album and it's fucking is dog it, shit. Is it like the oh, rappers yeah. going to country? Well, what, I mean, it's whatever it's whatever the new producer I, thinks is going to make them more money instead of being true to themselves. I, I, and then the fan base is pissed. I'd say let's not be mad about it yet. Let's see how it goes once it starts. Give it a year and then we can come back to it. Yeah, I'll I will check it out. I'll be interested to see how. Tell me you don't have a guy like Boston Connor, by the way, and think you you think he's going to behave on air. Let's be real. I don't know. Let's be real. I mean, yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens. I guess. Anyways, anyways, I I, I liked where Pat was at with everything, but you know, yes, it, it grows his brand, of course, because it gets more eyeballs on him. Way more. Eyeballs. Um, and I get he gets that. To do, he talked about travel travel shows too, because ESPN and Disney have so many stages that. That's already taken care of through ESPN and Disney, so he doesn't mm -hmm. have to worry about the expenses. That because he said he looked it up and uh, he was like, "Never mind." I've so, always found that ironic. ESPN and Disney were so combined together. You know what I'm saying? Well, of course they are. But <laughs> I'll tell you what I wish, man. I, I hope that that Pat McAfee molds 
ESPN that's more than so. ESPN molds Pat. That's what I'm hoping. Because yeah. if, if if ESPN is able to mold him, you know, then it's a failure. But yeah. if Pat McAfee can mold them to a certain extent, then it's a win. It's also interesting that this came on the midst of the Disney ESPN layoffs that are happening right now. Well, so, that's a good point, Tanner. That's, so a, very that's, good a, point. that's an interesting thing, too. Well, they need so to be, a lot of money they need to be fired like Doc Rivers, man, because they're uh, not doing their job. Too far right. out here well, says Pat McAfee is such an annoying person. Twofold, come on, man. You need that. That may be true, but you need to have annoying people in this world sometimes. You got about one minute left. I got some weird news though. But the Dol- or Dolphins, <laughs> I'm speaking NFL terms still. The Miami Heat is up 103 to the Celtics 91. Let's go, baby. I told you, dude. They're up by 12. Was that was that not my easy money bet? Maybe it was. The Heat that are up by 12 right now. Are we yeah. back? It's the Heatles. It's the Heatles. So Tanner's gonna win his bet. Hey, <laughs> shut your mouth, dude. Let's not all talk right, about that. All right, all right, all right. So we'll see how this unfolds. But anyways, guys, uh, I'm so glad you all joined. Wait, guys, let's, uh, we, we got our weekend show coming up here nope. in the hoop. Don't forget to tune in this Saturday or Sunday, depending what happens here, uh, on which day with Scott Cobe of Let's Talk Sports. And then, uh, yeah, we'll be back here, Buffoon Bakken's Monday nights. That's right. Stay tuned for some sports betting talk coming up very soon on this show. Uh, looking forward to an announcement for you guys coming up pretty soon. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, I'll see you all very soon. And uh, enjoy the rest of the NBA playoffs for this week. And I'll see you all on the next one. Outro. See you guys.